0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm only water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body you ready.
2: Show with Jay Dubs and Rocky. And Nora. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Rock in Royal Oak, Michigan. What? Be sure to find us at PodcastDetroit.com. <laughs>
3: it's noon time. Somebody bring me a mirror.
2: Happy Huff Day! Happy Huff Day! Oh gosh. So it's we were just, nooner time. It is
4: nooner time. So I, I'm laughing for a couple reasons. One, <laughs> your little, um, it's Nora. <laughs> <laughs> the,
3: it, this this I know, is what I don't get me like. Up now. Well, for
4: two months you've been complaining that you, we didn't insert your name there. And then when you get an opportunity to insert your name, you were screaming and yelling for two months, you just go,
2: and hey, Nora. <laughs> because, you know. That's my softer side. Yeah. Oh, okay. We never
4: see that side.
2: Anyway, you anyway, so
1: cute over there. We do. You. Yeah, you look I adorable. Love her purple. I know thank her purple gosh. and your black and white. It's so cute. Oh, you,
4: cute. you look cute too. But you've got your army hunting. It's the hunting season. Wait, well, is rabbits. it? What? Yeah. What hunting is it? Season? I think. I did, think starts yes, yes, November yes. first, yes. isn't it? Oh, is it, is it started. So, I what are you know. going after? Wabbits.
1: I don't need meat, so.
4: Oh, uh, that's right what Webbing what vegan seasons. thing out there no you're going to no, chase down there but no okay it's twice <sighs> work well, you do look good thanks all right so okay
2: so last saturday we went on a little trip oh we did we went to Wyandotte, michigan yes and jackie was driving
4: yeah I know. Which is an adventure us. in itself. Let's <laughs> just oh say gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it was safe. I got safe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You guys, it you was guys? something.
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: stop.
2: <laughs> we went to um the Infinity Fashion Show. It was uh, a benefit fashion show for the uh, Downriver Council for the Arts. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And we broadcasted live from there, which yep. was an amazing show.
2: Cheryl Zimke showed yes. her fashion. Shout out yep. to her.
4: That was fantastic,
2: Rocky. The whole
4: time you were like, "I want that dress, I I want that, and I want that." I'm like, "Don't look at me!" (laughs) And
2: Rocky sang too, yeah, Yeah, fantastic. She she wowed the crowd. She sure did. What did we do? We just watched. (laughs) We wowed the crowd. We
4: did. Yeah, yeah, fabulous. But no, there was a lady
2: when you were singing, and Jackie and I were, you know, where we were sitting. There was a lady, an older lady, sitting up front, and. She was so cute, and I was just watching her. and She was just bobbing her head, and Aww. it's like—I mean, every song you sung, she Aww, was just like, "That's so cute." Yeah, <laughs> that she was, was a, cute, though. No, that was a though. fun show, though. I and shout fun. out to Cheryl Zemke. Oh I mean, my gosh, she's she been on our show
4: before, but what an inspiration! Mm-hmm. She just—I can't get over how much she does, does yeah. every day. You know, I, she made her. me tired. Oh, I know. So I know. Was just like, I know. And then all those. All that clothes she created, yeah. all of it. Yeah, and you the know, magazine, and the magazine, and the beautiful paintings. magazine. Yeah, the painting. Yeah, there the painting. Unbelievable. The paintings were mm-hmm. So we are going to broadcast that show next Wednesday, mm-hmm. the twenty first. We're going to broadcast that show from the uh, fashion show because we were mm-hmm. broadcasting live and we interviewed so many really. Cool people, yeah. I can't wait to get them on the show. Yes, um, because we're going to be off on the twenty first because it's Rocky's birthday party. Yay. Woohoo! Yay. Woo-hoo. <laughs> and we're going to be at the Happy Willis Showbar. Yep, Willis Showbar to in
1: you. downtown Detroit. We're doing. Uh, two shows that night. So, we're doing an Aretha Franklin tribute show first. Oh, that's awesome. And then we're doing an original set to close the night. Ooh. So, it's going to be a really fun show. Your birthday party. I know, yeah. I'm excited. So, that means Rocky's our DD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't
2: drink Lucky, I, you, lucky I, you. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I
4: said to John, let's get an Uber. You know, it's uh-huh. the day before Thanksgiving, like, let's just get an Uber.
2: No, he Ubers said, are working. No, I'm just Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> no, but she said,
4: I, I'm i not drinking. I said, it's your birthday. You're not going to have one or two glasses yeah, of wine? Like, nope. Nope. I like, uh, nope.
2: Okay. I'm with you, Rocky. You know, hey. mm-hmm. mine's coming up. So. I have to
1: stay, especially when I'm performing. I have to be sober. I, I understand. Be drinking when I'm performing. I understand. Yeah. I don't really drink anyway, but. Because you could especially just, you
2: could walk off the stage. You know? See, no,
1: the thing is, though, that stage is so tight. Mm-hmm. I can't move at all. Yes. So, and we have, because we have, you know, the whole band, so the the piano there, there's an upright piano on the stage and the drummer bass player and the saxophone player all of us are shoved on this little stage so there's like literally no <laughs> do room.
2: you sit on a stool or you just stand no, there, there all no the time. Oh, there's wow. no room for a stool Wow, no I'm
1: telling you it's that tight oh. it's one of my favorite shows I don't have to move <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good thing
1: can you Can you, like, you lay can't up, dance can, yeah, you, no. can you
2: lay across the piano oh, I told them cause like cause all we, and we were, stuff. we're gonna
1: do like a couple Christmas songs and Ooh. I was like I'm gonna lay across the piano Santa baby you should do that one. fun I do to bring up though um, stan lee who was the creator of marvel comics passed away yes i was talking to jackie about that so bummed because i yeah a lot of he was 95 so he lived a good life and his Mm -hmm. wife passed away last year but he's like you know one of my dr seuss and stan lee are like my two favorite people his daughter was on
2: tmz yesterday and she was saying how there's one more thing coming out that they've been working yeah. on. Yeah, Avengers so, 4
1: said that he's going to do one more. It, was, it a, wasn't that. It's like oh, a new really? character. Oh, yeah. okay. So,
4: now, was he but, the one that was in every single... Yeah, f- yeah he did a cameo yes. in every, movie. In every I,
2: movie. He was like the Howard Hitchcock of, of the Avengers and... All I those, did hear that you know, he has... Hero movies.
1: There's a rumor that he has filled en- filmed enough
2: cameos that mm-hmm. he'll be in every movie, mm-hmm. but...
1: And then wow. I also I also read that Avengers four will be his last cameo, so I don't know. Yeah. So I, I hope they just recycle. I know. that would so be nice? Would be cool. They could so do it's a that. Nice tribute That's, to him. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. That For would be such nice. a creative mind. Hmm.
4: Well, speaking of creative minds, mm. we have a we have mm. a very creative mm. person in this room whoop today. Whoop. It only <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> looking around. <Yeah>. It only <laughs> listen. It only took us two years. I know to oh. get him here, begging. Stocking, yeah. all these different things. It, he was just
2: waiting until I got here. That's, oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, what it was. Okay. Yeah.
4: Anyway, so let's get started. This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring.
1: Detroit has recently been listed as one of the top 10 music cities in the country based on some of the most prominent publications, including Atlanta Institute of Music and Media and National Geographic. As fellow Detroiters, we know that this city has rich and deep-rooted history in music, but what keeps such a culture alive and growing? The people do. There are many... Individuals and organizations committed to music culture in Detroit, but there is no one more committed than Howard Hertz. Howard is an award-winning mm-hmm. attorney from Detroit who has worked with many celebrities such as Eminem, Jack White, and Marilyn Manson just to name a few. Along with his business partner Bradley Schram, the two have built a successful law firm, Hertz Schram PC, which celebrated 40 years of service this year. Oh, wow. Ooh, boo. Howard is also the president and the backbone of the Detroit Music Awards Foundation that has been going strong for over 27 years. His complete list of philanthropy, awards, and accomplishments are too long to list, but all contribute to Howard's story of blending curiosity, a caring heart, and an open mind that often leads us back to the dream that was always in us. Welcome to the show, Howard Howard
2: Hurts. hurts. Pleasure to be here, finally. You guys
4: wouldn't
1: have me. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Right, right,
4: right. Well, first of all, congratulations on 40 years. Yeah. Well, the actually, law firm.
0: it'll actually be for this is our fortieth year. It'll be forty years next September fifteenth. So it's oh, our fortieth. Okay. Year. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
4: Got it. Okay. And okay. it 1979
0: we formed the firm.
4: And 45 years of marriage, right? 45 years of marriage. Wow. Unbelievable. Congratulations. Yeah. That's a whole separate show. Yes, <laughs> it is. You know, oh, yeah. We need, we need <laughs> we to have do Wendy. A whole we we want to have Wendy on the show because yeah. how do you get to 40, how do you, well, we're going to get to this whole how yeah, do you yeah. balance how do you? business, yeah. especially in entertainment mm-hmm. and, and marriage. But let's. Do you have five hours today? Ten hours? (laughs) You don't have anything else to do today, right? Sure. Um, Okay. Well, you were commenting earlier about the uh, Steve Jobs quote that we picked for... Well, I thought the quote
0: was great. I thought the picture resembled me a little bit, so I was wondering (laughs) if you had made a mistake (laughs) somewhere. No,
4: no, we like I said, we always find a a quote that we think fits the story. But um, and I I,
0: even have a Steve Jobs story, but that's maybe we'll get to
3: it. So
4: here's how we're going to start it. Though we're starting with one of my favorite Steve Jobs quotes, which is not the one I posted, but it's a different one. Um, And anybody who's a Steve Jobs fan has heard of the commencement speech that he did in 2005 on connecting the dots. And he said, you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them Mm -hmm. looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever.
2: Mm. Howard, you you could have written that. I well, think. well, I think it's <laughs> yeah.
0: way more than that, though, because I think that you do have to look to the future, and you do have to look to the past and make those dots connect. Ooh. You don't just wait for them to connect. Okay. Ooh.
4: So yeah. take us back, though, because what we want to do is we want to know how the journey started. How did the path start? So take well, us back to the first the, dot. The,
0: the, well, I was born at a very young age.
3: Mm-hmm. You were born at a very young age, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: And, uh I was actually born in in a town in North Ontario. Okay. To quote a Neil Young song.
4: Oh. Uh-huh. okay.
0: Uh Barrie, Ontario, sixty miles north of Toronto. And my family moved to Detroit when I was four. And I decided to join them.
4: Oh, that's <laughs> nice of you. I yeah. Thought about it. I really <laughs> like beer. i sure they made him. <laughs> <head laughs> <up?
0: laughs> uh, so I came to Detroit at four and and lived initially um, in the uh, Dexter Davison area of Detroit mm-hmm. on Glendale and Linwood, if okay. you know that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually moved to uh, right next to Mumford. We lived. Six oh. houses away from Mumford. Mm. Okay, but uh, and I went to Schultz Elementary in Detroit. But then instead of going to Mumford, I got invited and went to Cast Tech. I lo-
3: so I even I love though that I school.
0: was right next to Mumford, and I could have, you know, <laughs> fallen out of bed uh-huh. and I'd be at school, I took the forty-five minute bus ride every day, and. Uh, Castech was the best.
4: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's yeah, where it, all the celebrities is, yeah. come from. Castech. I used to wish
2: I could go to. Cast Diana Tech. Ross. Yeah.
4: yeah. Big Sean, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Did he? Big go Sean. To- Big yeah, Sean. and and yeah. Big Sean's mother.
2: Oh really? I didn't know. Yeah, okay, I, I met them
0: that. not too long ago oh, and I was wow. saying to Sean, I said, You know, Cast Tech and his mother said, Wait a minute, me too. <laughs> yeah, and really? it turned out that we and she oh, I think she told me I wasn't supposed to say this. Oh. But we had actually graduated together. You oh, did wow. We didn't know it, but yeah. we his wow. mom and I graduated. And, and did, and you, did she,
4: Jack White go to that school? Jack too White went cell.
0: there. Wow. You know, Lily. Oh, Tomlin. tons of people. Yeah.
1: Tons of people. Yeah. Wow. How come we, I, didn't go I there. know. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say I've I, know, always, know. I the same thing.
2: <laughs> I was like I, when, oh I, when I, just being here and I hear about Cast Tech and I was like, "Oh, I would love to go to that school. I would love to go to that school." Wow. I always talked about that school. Okay, so you so you
4: graduated from Cast So I
0: went to Cast Tech and even though there was a huge performing arts program, I I, I went to the place. Mm-hmm. That's all I did. I didn't get involved in that. The closest thing I did was I took a course in uh radio and television broadcasting,
3: okay, mm-hmm.
0: and my teacher encouraged me. She said, You've got a great voice. Mm-hmm. You should use it in either radio or television or you know something. You should use your voice more than just doing some other job
4: mm-hmm. okay, so you weren't a musician then
0: I was not a musician well when the beatles uh came out everyone. was, was a, a musician. musician. Okay. So I, I did sing and I still sing occasionally. Uh and I had a guitar even before the Beatles, but then when they came out and I really needed to step it up, I got a good guitar.
3: Okay. <laughs>
0: and was this was this This is like twice? when I was thirteen years old, okay. fourteen years okay. old. So this was in uh let's see, I started cast in sixty three. Okay. So Really, the whole cast tech thing though was motown
3: mm-hmm. i mean
0: we were that was in the motown era sixty right. three to sixty seven was the big motown era right and Diana Ross and right. others, a lot of the mm-hmm. musicians at Motown had come out of the cast tech jazz program wow. and so it was you know we were living it and and as a matter of fact, when I would take the Dexter bus, which was I picked up right on my corner, mm-hmm. Dexter bus went by. The Motown oh. studios. Oh wow! So I saw it like every day. Every day. Yeah. Oh,
4: wow. wow! Now is that the type of music you were listening to when you were in high school?
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, the Beatles as well. Okay. So the Beatles, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, Motown. Okay. Uh, that was so. When so I was,
2: when your teacher told you that you know you had the voice and you should think of doing, were you interested or were you? Just I ignored like, her. No, you yeah. did. <laughs> 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 I had
3: fun with with uh, yeah.
0: with. Uh, you know, doing that, but but I ignored her. But then uh, I was also in the de- on the debate team, mm. so I said, okay, well, using your voice, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe a little more assertive. So I got on the debate team, and we had, I think, about a dozen of us on the debate team. And one year, when I must have been either fourteen or fifteen, uh, the debate team got the opportunity to be invited to the national. Debate Mm,
3: contest, whatever Uh that's called.
0: And our teacher said, you know, how many of you would want to go? And, you know, everyone put their Uh hands (laughs) up. So he said, well, let me go talk to the principal, see what I can arrange. So he comes back and he says, well, the principal said only the top four students, you know, we knew who those were. Mm -hmm. The top four debaters can go that he didn't want all of us going. He Mm -hmm. thought it would be too difficult to manage. But I agree with you. So keep it on the down low, but I'm putting a one in front of the four on the requisition form. (laughs) So we're all going to New York, and they got a couple more parents to chaperone. Uh And, I mean, I was either 14 or 15, I don't remember what. And this is my first time, second time going to New York, but first time, like, on my own. I went with my parents once before. And guess what? I never made it to the debates
3: Uh (laughs) because a
0: few of my friends and I Hit the bars. You could drink in New York. They didn't ask for ideas. As long as you were tall enough to, to get up to above the bar, you know, you could.
2: Wow. So we had a
0: blast. We went down to the village and hung out at the village, the Café Wa, and wow. just the whole thing. So, was... so
2: did you guys win the debate? Yeah.
4: Who knows? Who
0: knows?
4: <laughs> so you didn't get in trouble? You didn't get yeah, kicked well, out? No, you didn't get suspended? No. no nothing. Nothing, wow. Nothing. 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 Wow, okay. Good so, old days. No. Yeah, no kidding. So go. keep going okay. from there. So
0: from there, so I ended up uh, going to Wayne State. Okay. Um, I wanted to go to Michigan where most of my friends from Cass were going. My parents said, look, we can't afford it. Uh, Wayne's a perfectly good school. You can Mm -hmm. live at home. You can commute. Right. So after I think it was two weeks at Wayne, I moved out. I, I moved out of the house, (laughs) moved into a fraternity house, a fraternity I joined and just lived down there and worked. I was, I've worked since I was 12 years old. So I worked and paid for myself. Oh, wow. And got scholarships and, and I could have gone to Michigan, I'm sure, because I could have done the same thing. But I wasn't mm-hmm. smart enough to know that. Mm-hmm.
4: What What were you going to school for? So yeah, I didn't know.
0: I you know I went through. I think about three different majors. Oh, really? Um, and ended up in psychology. I taken a course in psychology, and I said, "Well, I'm, this mm. is really interesting." Really. So, I starting in sixth grade, teachers would say to me, "You're going to be a lawyer." Oh, oh really? really? Because they thought that I never agreed with them unless I really agreed with
3: them, <laughs> sixth grade. and that I could
0: convince them that I was right. <laughs> Boy, that
4: had to be fun for yeah, your parents. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the teachers, mm-hmm. I mean, they'd always, you know, well, it was another story. So I didn't know what being a lawyer even was in right. I mean, it, it, sixth grade, mm-hmm. you know, right. Right, and I right. still haven't totally figured it out, <laughs> but so... In the back of my head, I was going to be a lawyer, but mm-hmm. I knew for being a lawyer, you could major in anything really. Right. And then, you know, as long as you, you did well and could pass the tests that they give you to get into law school. So I tried a couple of different things, economics, um, political science, I think, and then ended up in psychology, which I really liked. And I had worked one of the jobs I had most of the time, like from when I was 14 to 20 was selling kids shoes. I was really good at it, good with the kids, made a lot of money. And uh, I thought, gee, maybe child psychology Mm -hmm. would be where I should end up. So I took a course at Wayne. Um, It was a field study with two professors. One of them was a psychologist at the juvenile court and one of them was a probation officer. And what we did is we were paired up with kids that had been diverted from the juvenile system. They got in trouble, but nothing serious. And instead of having to go through the system, they were diverted to this program where a college student would meet with them once a week for two, three hours, go on an outing somewhere, but where you'd have time to, you didn't go sit in a movie, Mm -hmm. somewhere you could talk and Mm -hmm. try to give them a little guidance and, and encourage them, you know, to take the straight and narrow path or whatever. So I did that and I really enjoyed it. And then the professors said, well, gee, would you be a supervisor for the program next semester and we'll pay you. And It'll mean that instead of having a kid, you're going to work with the students.
3: Okay. So mm-hmm. every
0: week when the students meet, you know, they'll talk about what they did and mm-hmm. you know what direction they're going, and you can help guide them and whatever. So I was saying to them, you know, I told them my dilemma. I became friends with these two guys, and and they said, uh, well, actually, there's a way to combine the two things because there's a juvenile defender office. That's part of the Legal Aid and Defenders Association in Detroit. And it's representing kids in trouble, both mm-hmm. delinquents and kids that are being abused by their parents. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And you can really do more than just the legal representation. You can really help some of these kids. Mm-hmm. Wow! So that's what I decided I was going to do.
4: Oh, really?
2: And how old were you by, at this time?
0: How, how old were you at this time? How old was I? Yeah. I was uh, 20 probably. Okay. So I decided, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the juvenile defender office when the time is right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to law school first. So I ended up applying to law school all over the country, got into several. But my wife, we got married uh, right before I started law school.
4: Wow! Now, did you meet Wendy in college? Yeah, yeah I okay. met
0: her. I went – part of my adventure in life has been world travel. Mm-hmm. And my first big trip, I was twenty years old and I decided I wanted to see the world. I had just been in uh Washington, DC for the largest anti Vietnam war protest ever. Wow.
2: And Oh, you were and, in that crowd? And we were
0: we <laughs> wow. were um Smoke bombed and and mm,
2: it, you
3: know it bombed. affected
0: yeah. me yeah. you know and I said you know I want to see a little more of the world I want to understand
2: mm-hmm.
0: how other countries treat their people or mm-hmm. you know I didn't really know what I just want to go right so do you be think adventurous you, do
2: you think if you wouldn't have been there at that particular time that you would have felt that way that you needed to go see the world who knows yeah who I'd knows? also
0: broken yeah. up with a girlfriend yeah oh, who okay. knows okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so. I hitchhiked, people hitchhiked back in those days. Mm -hmm. I hitchhiked from Detroit to New York, bought a one way ticket on a charter flight for $90 from New York to London, bought a motorcycle in London, and traveled for six months through Europe, North Africa, and Israel. Me, my motorcycle, my backpack, and my sleeping
3: bag. Really? What did your parents think? You know,
0: I don't know. <laughs> My brother had also been a bit of a rebel and, and uh, I think he was 16 or 17 and when the Seattle World's Fair happened and he wanted to go to Seattle and they said, no, you can't just go yourself. And he hitchhiked to Seattle, just left, wow. didn't even tell them he was leaving. <laughs> um, so he had kind of paved the way. I gonna- <laughs> so I told him I was going. Yeah. But I don't know. I was always very independent. And I think that they, you know, they wished me luck and hoped that I would be safe. And, and come back. And, and, you know, there were no cell phones or anything. right? You know? So right. it was, you know, letters to pick up at the American Express office is wow. how you would communicate. Wow. So
4: it. you did that for six months?
0: So I did it for six months. And, and, and then when I came back, that's when I met Wendy. She, I, I was at Wayne and I knew I was going to go back to school. And she had transferred from Oakland University to Wayne and we had ton of mutual friends, and mm-hmm. that's where I met her. And about, I don't know, six months later, we started seriously dating.
4: And so the the trip to Europe by yourself and doing all that, did you come back a different person even though it was only six months? Like did you have came, a different way, a different outlook at all?
0: I came back with a, a desire to do a lot more of that, to oh. really keep through, throughout my life, to mm-hmm. keep – traveling and seeing the world and exploring and being adventurous. Wow. And I've kept that up.
4: Now, were your parents adventurous like that? Not at all. Not at all?
0: My mother a little bit. I mean, my mother, when she was even still in her 70s, with going with her friends to Paris or to... Uh, Amsterdam and different, you know, would okay. go on trips and yeah. and she enjoyed that. My dad, not so much unless there was a casino nearby. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> So they would like go to Aruba every year when they were a little older and could yeah. afford uh-huh. to do it. That's where they would go because it was nice I, I mean, and warm I just, and they had casinos. I, I don't know
4: too many people that would get on a motorcycle, buy a motorcycle in another country and just by themselves and start I love to traveling. travel, but I don't think I would ever uh, Yeah. That's I pretty, would, nope, that's pretty risky. Yeah. I'll give and you espe- hints after
2: Especially not, yeah. now. Okay. not now. Not <laughs> now. No, but yeah. even Well, yeah. Even it even is, is a
0: different world somewhere, yeah. but it, there mm-hmm. were some pretty crazy, dangerous Yeah, yeah I was
2: just going to say, imagine, was there any time yeah. that you were really afraid or ever afraid or you just was yes. like, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay.
0: But, yeah. Yeah. Those stories are for another time. Yeah. Okay. Another <laughs>
4: show. All right. So then you get back. So
0: I'll get back and I met Wendy. So – I ended up going to law school at Wayne. Uh, she had a good teaching job and, and uh, we almost moved to Toronto because I all my relatives other than my parents were in Toronto. Okay. And I got into school there, but we got caught in a catch-22 where there was a job opening in special ed and she was a special ed teacher and they liked her, but they said, we won't give you the job unless you get what's called landed immigrant status from the government. And the government said, we won't give you landed immigrant status unless you can prove to us you have the job.
3: And and, and
0: we couldn't maneuver that Mm -hmm. and get either side to cave so it would have meant going there without her having a job and, oh, you know, okay. how are we going to afford okay,
2: everything. Yeah. And
0: so we ended up staying in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where you were supposed in to
2: be. be. Right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, right.
4: Fate. Fate. Everything happened for <laughs> me. <laughs> yep. okay. Right.
0: So stayed in Detroit, went to law school. First year law school was difficult as it is. And then I said, okay, it's time to become a juvenile defender. Because Mm -hmm. I knew that after the first year, that's when a lot of people at law school go out and get clerkships. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. they clerk at different places. So I made an appointment with the, uh, the executive director of juvenile defender office. And he came in and I, you know, he, I came in and he said, you know, what can I help you with? And I said, well, you know, it's kind of, uh, fate and I'm meant to be here. And, you know, I told him, you know, how that kind of happened in getting Mm -hmm. there. And he said, well, that's wonderful. He said, but (laughs) but we don't hire law students. We only hire lawyers Lawyers. that have already passed the bar. Oh, wow. Mm. And I said, "Uh, can I correct one part of what you just said to me?
4: You said that to him? Yeah. (laughs) You're trying to get a job?
0: (laughs) Okay. And he said, well, what would that be? I said, you never have. Hired someone who's a lawyer, and I'm your first. <laughs>
3: That's a good, oh Wow! wow. Yeah. Did you really? And he,
0: and he hired me.
3: Oh, wow!
0: And I'm still friends with uh, with him to this day, mm. Jim Zeman, a fine wow. lawyer. And uh, so I ended up going to work at juvenile defender office, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be the law clerk who you know does the research and mm-hmm. helps the lawyers do whatever they're doing. So the first week. I go with one of the lawyers, uh, Leonard, I can't think of his last name, and we go to preliminary hearings where it's really like a bond hearing, Mm -hmm. okay? So nothing too serious goes on, but it's whether the kids can get released or not. And he says, you know, watch and, you know, you'll learn from this. I say, great. And he does one hearing, you know, one kid. And all of a sudden, I think in those days, I think he had a pager Mm -hmm. because, again, no cell phones. right? And – he said, uh, I have to go to another courtroom. You take over.
2: Oh.
3: Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <I> said, sure. <laughs> so
0: I started to do it. And as it turned out, um, I ended up getting a caseload because under the court rules, I'm not quite sure what they are now, but at the time, there was a court rule that allowed you, if you were either in a public defender office or a prosecutor office, to actually have cases as long as you were being supervised Mm -hmm. by an attorney.
3: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: So I started building a caseload, and I started shifting my classes to uh, evening classes and ended up with a full caseload. Wow. So to wrap up that segment, one quick story, another one that other people say to me, I've never heard of that happening before. (laughs) Okay. So I get involved, and it turns out that, juveniles at the time in Michigan by law had a right to a jury trial if it was a case that would have been a felony if you were an adult. Okay, Mm, okay. So they didn't consider them quote-unquote criminal cases, Mm, but mm -hmm. if a but you were still charged under those criminal statutes. So if it was something that would have been a felony by statute in Michigan that had been going for about five years but people weren't really taking advantage of it, you could have a jury trial. So one of the other lawyers at the defender office and I decided on every major case where our client was facing you know, possible incarceration for a significant period, we were going to ask for a jury trial because it would help
3: mm-hmm.
0: the client by either getting a better deal – Mm-hmm. or if you did have to go to trial, you had a much better chance of winning with a jury than you did with a judge mm-hmm. who already had an opinion yeah, before right. they even knew who the client was.
4: Right. Because mm-hmm. these are all minors, right? Yeah. These, are, these are kids. Right. It
0: was, seven, it was under 17. Okay. Once you mm-hmm. hit 17 at the time, I believe it was 17, okay. you were an adult for criminal purposes. Mm-hmm. So we started doing this, and we're bogging down the system, which was part of our intent in mm-hmm. order to get better deals. And – um I was in the middle of my third murder trial in juvenile court in front of a jury, and they had brought in a visiting judge because the regular judges had their work they needed to do for me and this other lawyer, and I think others had gotten on board by then. They brought in a visiting judge, a retired judge from Hamtramck, who was like 80 years old or something at the time, Mm -hmm. to handle these cases and he was a real character during a trial if the phone would ring he would answer (laughs) the phone with the jury sitting there and talk to his friends about going to the track that night and which horses were running during a
4: murder trial
0: during trial so all of a sudden (laughs) middle of third murder trial phone rings he picks up the phone He says, yes, well, this is the judge because no one expects a judge to be answering the phone, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, yes, uh, yes, he is here actually. Why are you calling? And he says, okay, well, that's very interesting. Thank you. And he hangs up the phone. He says, Hertz, approach the bench. Oh, boy. And I walk up and I say, yes, judge, (laughs) what can I help you with? (laughs) And he said, I thought you were a lawyer. And he knew I wasn't. He mm-hmm. knew I was waiting and, and that I'd actually taken the bar already mm-hmm. and that I was practicing under this court rule. But he was just harassing me. I thought you were a lawyer. I said, well, no, Judge, you know. He says, do I really? And he knew. We had mm-hmm. talked in chambers. We showed each other pictures from our travels. And he was also a traveler. <laughs> and he said, well, that was your office calling they just found out you passed the bar.
3: Oh my Aww. gosh! So, <laughs>
0: so we're going to take a break.
3: Uh-huh.
0: You're going to go downtown and find a judge at Circuit Court who can swear, swear you, you in, in. Okay. and we're going to resume this afternoon at two o'clock with you actually being a oh lawyer. My wow. So that's how I found that's out a, I passed that's the bar. A, wow, wow. I love
2: that, that story. So <laughs> that's
4: crazy. Um, Weren't you nervous yeah, at all? To, that's what to I was um, oh
0: oh, as part of that, he said, he said to me. He said, "And where's your supervisor?" And I turned around, knowing he wasn't there. And I mm-hmm. said, "Gee, judge, he must have stepped out for a minute." <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: gosh, oh you're oh my I mean, gosh. you were a rebel, yeah. And and yeah. He, you know, he's like, and then he uh, he says, "The lawyer says to me, oh, I gotta go, so you take over.'" And then he's just like, "Okay." And, <laughs> so you were I mean, nervous It's just, it's or just a murder well, trial. Sure, I right. was yeah. nervous, but, but you don't. But, show I, it, but, right?
0: I, but I but I do what I gotta do. Yep.
2: I got you. Wow, wow, that's 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 so so. I
0: did that. Now it was right at that time. Okay, Mm -hmm. so this is like November of nineteen seventy-six. I passed the bar. I'm at juvenile court. I'm trying murder, armed robbery, rape cases. Oh wow, heavy Mm -hmm. stuff, Mm -hmm. and you know other stuff representing kids who have been abused by their parents and. And uh, my wife comes to me and says, uh, expect a phone call from this teacher that she teaches with. She had just switched schools. Uh, She switched school districts from Wayne County to Macomb County and become friends with one of the teachers at her new school. They became like instant Mm -hmm. friends. And she said, her name's Jane, and she said, uh, expect Jane's husband, Ted, to be calling you. And I said, you know, why is that? And she mm-hmm. said, I don't know. He's got some kind of issue he needs legal help with. So mm-hmm. Ted calls me, and I said, if you're accused of murder, I'm your guy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm your guy. Let's go out for a beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he said, no, no, no. He said, I'm a, I'm a singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. and I just got offered a music publishing contract. And I can't figure it out. I don't know what to do. And I said to Jane, my wife, yesterday that I'm just going to sign it. And she said, how can you sign it? You told me yesterday you don't know what it says. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I give up. And she said, well, I saw you reading books. What did the book say? (laughs) And he said, the book said get an entertainment lawyer. (laughs) And I don't even know a lawyer, let alone an entertainment Entertainment, lawyer. uh (laughs) And she said, oh, my new friend Wendy I've been telling you about, her husband's a lawyer. Call Mm -hmm.
3: him. Mm
0: -hmm. So he did. He said, no, no, you know, it's a contract. I didn't kill anyone. (laughs) And he said, can we get together? I said, sure, you know, we can get together. So we get together and he brings a contract and he shows it to me. It's like a two-page, three-page contract. And he says, "Uh, can you read this? And I was pretty confident. I said, yes, I can read. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, so I did. And he said, do you understand it? I said, yes, I understand it, but – and before I got the butt out, he said, okay, you're way ahead of me. Oh,
4: wow. <laughs> you're hired. Right. I don't, care if you, right. You come, I don't care if you represent killers or whatever. You're hired.
0: So I said, yeah, but I don't know the business to know what to negotiate. Right. You know, right. I, you know, I could say, oh, gee, I don't like this, but if that's not the standard in the industry, who mm-hmm. cares if I like it?
4: Right. Because up to that point, then, you had nothing to do with entertainment, nothing right? Nothing. I
0: didn't mm-hmm. know there was such a thing as entertainment law.
4: Wow. Wow. Was there? Uh, so. Well, not
0: in Detroit. There not was. Detroit. Okay. In, in, in right. New York, and LA, L.A. and It, was, sure. it was So not in, in Detroit, okay.
3: huh? Well, the there leaders, were. It like, turned
0: out there were a few. Oh, okay. I just okay. hadn't heard about it. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Because of Motown. But mm-hmm. Motown had left oh, in 72, four right. years yeah. before. So right. it just wasn't on my radar. Mm-hmm. So I said, but so I don't know what the choices are. And he was the smart one between the two of us. And he pulled out of his bag a book called This Business of Music. Uh, Which was a, and he you told know,
4: you to read 800-page <laughs> oh book. And
0: he said, read chapter 16 or whatever it was, <laughs> and I'm sure you'll be able to figure it out. And it was about songwriting and publishing. And I read it, and I said, oh, here's what we can do. And he said, well, will you call the publisher or his lawyer or whatever you guys do and, mm-hmm. and work it out? So I
4: did. And That's that, interesting. Wow. Why why did most attorneys would have said I don't specialize in that. Um, let me I'll refer f- you to somebody. somebody. Yeah. But what he made just you just did that. Know anybody,
3: but so. music
0: was already yeah. in my heart and uh-huh. soul. Mm. And I thought, wow, that would be interesting to be I I knew I do have a good singing voice by the way.
1: I'm, I'm Maybe the we first to admit it, it. Yeah.
0: but, <laughs> but oh. I knew I was never—I you know, wasn't going to be a professional singer. I wasn't going to make money doing that, so I needed. W- to – Well, wait, so. wait, wait.
4: Well, I'm sorry, but why did you know that? What made you think <laughs> that? If you had a good voice and you loved it, and it was still in your heart, how, yeah. how did you know that? You because when make I money. would
0: hang around with my friends and I'd pull out the guitar and sing Beatles songs, they would drift away. <laughs> Wasn't oh. quite good enough. So,
4: so, your mom told you you were good. You were not really good. <laughs> okay. All right.
3: Go. Let's okay. go on.
0: So, <laughs> so here I am at juvenile court. Everyone, you know, when they're sitting around waiting for their cases to be called, to be called, they're all um, just drinking coffee and chatting with each other, mm-hmm. and I'm digging into this business of music and billboard magazine and learning about the business okay and i decided i want to try and get more clients so i started going to first my client's gig
3: Mm -hmm. okay Okay. i have a client now who has (laughs) gigs
2: (laughs)
0: so i go to his gig about three weeks after the contract signed and uh A young kid walks up to me and introduces himself as Joel. Well, Joel was the publisher that I had talked to on the phone and done the deal with for my friend Ted. Mm -hmm. And he looked awfully young. And I said, you know, let's talk a little bit. And he was only 18. Wow. I was only 20. I had just turned 27 at the time. But he was only 18, but he was in a couple bands, and he was actually signed to Don Davis.
4: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm.
0: uh, Who was a famous guy Mm -hmm. and producer in town at the time. But he was anxious because he hadn't become a star yet. And his father, who was in the film business, said to him, well, I know some people at record labels now because the music from – films is becoming a big thing this is when soundtrack albums started Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm, mid-70s so if you want to get on the business side it might be easier and I could introduce you to some people so he decided to become a music publisher wow and signed what he thought were the six best unsigned songwriters in town one of them being my friend Ted
4: and he's 18 years old and he's 18 years old (laughs)
0: wow so he ends up saying he thought I did a good job. He had a lawyer in town who had been here during the Motown era, was kind of getting ready to retire, not taking on too many clients. So he started to send me some people while I was still at the defender's office.
3: Wow. Wow.
0: Then in the early 80s oh, – so then I leave the defender's office, the juvenile division. I go to the adult division for uh, under a year just to get experience there, get to know the system and the judges – so I could get court assignments because mm-hmm. I still needed to make money, even though I wanted to be a rock star lawyer, <laughs> I needed to make money. So
4: did you know, though, at that point that you were going to... Um,
0: I'm not take, sure okay. when okay. it really
4: okay.
3: when
0: yeah. it really happened, but yeah. I was getting a few clients. So I had a few clients while I was still at the Defenders. And then when I went out on my own for one year before forming the current uh, law firm, I was by myself downtown and I was getting some more. And then once we formed the law firm, this Joel, who was the publisher, he started to send me some bigger clients because now I was in private practice, I could handle it. So all of a sudden, I'm working with uh, the Romantics in the early 80s. I'm working with George Clinton. Wow! I'm doing, you know, not just... Like a little local band, but I'm yeah. international artists, yeah. yeah, so I dove deep and 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 then started going to courses in New York.
4: Okay, that's what I was going to gonna learn ask learn more. Okay.
0: Uh, so I would go like a three-day entertainment law seminar that was from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Wow. Okay. Every, Every day? day. Wow. And, and really, yeah. you know, with, with panels, with uh, negotiations, mock negotiations going on, so you could really understand what the issues were.
4: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So was your business partner I- involved in entertainment law as well? well
0: only a tiny bit he was really more involved in uh securities and real estate Mm, okay so he was more on the Mm
4: -hmm. business so now as opposed to the entertainment business
0: but he brought in a big client Mm -hmm. that i ended up representing for over 30 years elmore leonard who's the famous writer who wrote 45 novels during his life uh 35 of which have been made into Into major motion pictures, including Get Shorty, Mm -hmm. uh, Be Cool, a a ton of different movies. Oh, wow. So I worked with him all through the years. So I don't do only music. Music's probably 65% of what I do. And then the rest is divided between uh, film, television, uh, radio, and books.
4: Okay, let's go back for a minute here. Um, So so you leave the Defenders. You... Go off on your own, then you start a firm. So, because right. all these are are big life yeah. changing yeah. moments, yes. risk taking moments. Right. You know, um, how, how did you make that decision? To- I had a
0: wife teaching, and she was making enough money for us to live in our little apartment.
3: Okay, okay.
0: And I knew because I had good relationships with all the judges in juvenile court, even though I was a pain in their ass, just like I was to my elementary school <laughs> teachers. They still liked me. <laughs> and i knew i could get court assignments okay both in juvenile court and in Wayne County circuit court and Wayne County recorders court mm-hmm. so i i was busy
3: yeah 24/7 so, so while you were the, building right the other so when you left you
2: were while still i was working. Okay. adding
0: my entertainment clients okay. right God.
2: Okay. so now how did you meet how did you meet your partner how did you guys well
0: we met during the bar exam uh, review course. You have to take oh. a course to if, if you want to pass the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew based on my track record that if I was going to show up every day for it, I should get a job there. So I ended up being the video guy, videotaping all of them, that they then use the videotapes for places in Lansing God, or I Grand else, Rapids. or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> that way I got a free course yeah. and I had to be there. Wow. <laughs> So he was there and he looked familiar to me. He mm-hmm. he had gone to school uh at Michigan and then had gone to uh law school in DC and he looked familiar to me and we started talking and we knew each other's names and we knew that we knew each other. We weren't 100 percent sure from where. We narrowed it down to either the uh, Y7 bowling alley on Wyoming, just south of Seven Mile, <laughs> mm-hmm. or the Jewish Community Center, which I lived like three blocks from and we had both belonged to. But we couldn't quite figure it out. Well, it turned out he went to the prosecutor's office. And I was at the defender's mm. office already and we started having cases against each other oh, and became wow. and became friends. Uh-huh. And it was interesting because then we both moved down to adult court and the judges all knew that we were like best friends. Yeah. But here we are, you against know, going it. at it yeah. Yeah. and doing what we had wow. to do for our clients uh wow. in court.
3: That's so amazing. so did you
2: did you approach him and say, Look, I'm going out on my own, you know, do you
0: No, what happened, we both left around the same time, and he went to work for a law firm in Birmingham, Mm -hmm. and I went out on my own downtown, and then we, you know, kept in touch with Mm -hmm. each other, and I immediately was busier than I had time for, and I thought, well, gee, I probably should end up with an associate because I can bring the business in, and then he liked where he was but they weren't letting him do like real estate mm-hmm. deals and on, on his own the kind of thing he wanted to do mm-hmm. he wanted to dive in that way so we talked about him, we said why don't we join up together and see what happens
3: wow Here you are. his firm i'll go so i'll Oops. go <laughs> uh
0: uh-huh. wow where's my microphone i talk with my hands too much okay. and uh so we we joined forces, and I wanted our firm to be downtown, but we had several clients that were already in the suburban area, mm-hmm. including Elmore Leonard, who wanted to have us represent him. He lived in Birmingham, so we decided to open in Birmingham.
4: Okay, wow, wow, how interesting! So, and that was almost forty years ago, yeah, nineteen seventy nine. Mm. And so, what Crazy. did he think of your um, goals with the whole entertainment getting into entertainment? From an attorney's point of view, like, did he think you could do well with it?
0: Did who think your, that uh, your, partner. your par- business oh. partner, my partners in general, I guess this isn't really public, but I'll say it anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Never were fond of it because <laughs> you know a lot of it the clients couldn't pay, right? Or I was doing a lot of things that weren't. As financially rewarding as some of the other areas of law that the firm was doing, that mm-hmm. I could be doing, and that right. I did on occasion when I had time and there was a need, we did securities litigation. Uh, we got hired by Prudential one time uh, to defend them in a series of six hundred cases in thirty-three states. Wow. wow! So I was at the time juggling between the entertainment. This is quite a while ago, and mm-hmm. you know, flying to. Nashville or to Kentucky or wow, to Minneapolis mm-hmm. or wherever to handle these arbitrations. Uh, and there came a time when they said, Do you, are you really going to continue doing this? Because you could make a lot more money and we'd make more money yeah. by you making more money mm-hmm. if you, you know, did this other stuff. I said, tell you what, let's give it two more years And they thought, I was going to say, if it doesn't work out in two years, I'll stop doing it. (laughs) That's what I thought
3: you were going to say. (laughs) And I
0: said, let's give it two more years. And if it doesn't work out to your satisfaction, I'll leave.
4: Oh, Hmm, wow. wow. Really?
0: (laughs) And it worked out.
4: yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it was that because. Much no, it was, it was yeah.
0: It was this is what I knew came what to know to that I wanted to do yeah. and had to do. And if mm-hmm. I made less money, which I have made mm-hmm. less money through yeah. the years mm-hmm. than some of my partners, right. That's okay. Right. It's not just about the money, mm-hmm. right? It's about finding something you have passion for, that you exactly. feel that you're doing a good job for your clients. Uh, it's as stressful or more stressful mm-hmm. than any area of law. It wasn't to. Have fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is a stressful field because the clients have a lot at stake, and mm-hmm. and a lot of them have egos that they expect. You know, right? Whatever has to be done is going to be done now.
2: <laughs> How well do you work with those egos? <laughs> I work it? well with yeah.
0: almost everyone. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and there are clients that I've tried to fire.
1: <laughs> I was just going to ask. If you right, fired any
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they keep coming back. <laughs> and they keep coming back.
3: Wow. So
0: yeah, so um, so when I left the Defenders and and just kept going at it and going at it, and then oh, so then the same publisher, eighteen year old
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Joel, who had then, um. Refer the Romantics and George Clinton to me, and I got involved in disputes. That's why I got involved with them, because there were ongoing disputes.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. And then he ended up hiring me as a lawyer for his companies, and he ended up opening a recording studio and becoming a manager and doing all different things in music, producer. And then he started managing... these two producers in town uh, called the Bass Brothers.
4: Mm, Okay.
0: And uh, Marky and Jeff Bass. So I started representing them and helped them set up their entities for their publishing company and their production company and started signing artists to their companies for them to work with to try to make them stars, Mm -hmm. right? So I would – send out the agreements or I think they actually sent out the agreements or maybe Joel did but they would come back to me and I would look to make sure they were dated and signed. That's mm-hmm. what I cared about. Most people didn't negotiate them.
3: Right. There were some that okay, did but most right.
0: didn't. They just mm-hmm. signed them. I'm sure not knowing what they said. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But they would come back to me. I made sure it's dated and signed. And one day, and then I'd put it in a manila folder and I'd write the name of the artist on the manila folder, put it in my credenza behind me. Mm -hmm. And usually I never heard from them again and really didn't know where their path went. So one day I get contract back, and I look to make sure it's dated. It was dated. and make sure it's signed. It's signed by someone named Marshall B. Mathers mm-hmm. III, I said, that's an interesting name. <laughs> and I put it in a folder and put it behind me, thinking I'll never hear yeah. from this one again, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the two times I think that I've been wrong.
4: Wow. That's it?
0: <laughs>
4: I bet Wendy would say something different.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. all right, so. three. <laughs> we'll keep it. <But, laughs> no, so that um, – so from the very first deal that I did for my friend Ted, my new friend Ted,
4: you met Joel. It, I met mm-hmm. Joel,
0: and that led me to too. working on the team and part of the M&M family.
4: Mm-hmm. So, so when you, when you got this contract, so it's
0: all relationships.
4: It, yeah. it is, but let's let's talk about that. You said, "Well, that's an interesting name." You put you put it away. When did you actually
2: know like, who he was? Yeah, who it, it was. took about a year. Oh,
0: okay. uh, my clients. Uh, put out an album on their own. Uh, Bass Brothers put out an album with Eminem uh, on their own, and there was a little activity. I think they sold a hundred copies.
4: So, did you hear the album
0: at that point? I I think that was the first time I even knew he was a rapper. Okay, so I, that's what I was going to. To me, if you. I'm doing a contract,
4: you're just doing. Sometimes you're I'm just sure dealing that, with the legal issues.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are times I. Get interested and you know, yeah. hear and see. But uh, it was after they had put something out, and then uh,
4: what did you think when you heard first heard the album? Uh,
0: I, I wasn't impressed. The first album is not known for being you know his right. best, mm-hmm. and and I wasn't at that point a huge hip hop fan.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So it was it was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, my I trusted my clients that they believed that. Mm-hmm. He could be a star.
4: Is that what they told you?
0: Oh, yeah. They wouldn't have signed him otherwise. Okay. You don't just sign someone to sign him. So uh, then he changed his um, M.O. somewhat and became Slim Shady. And they put out an EP called the Slim Shady EP, and that started to really get him – known. It still only sold, I think, a thousand copies, but it got him to be invited to be a featured artist on other Mm -hmm. artists' recordings, got him known enough in the industry that he got invited to the Rap Olympics. Who knew there was a Rap Olympics? Where was that? (laughs) In L.A., of course. Okay. Of course.
3: In L.A. or
0: or New York had to be one of the two. Okay. Uh, so it was in LA and he went there and a kid, he came in second and was disappointed. And a kid in the audience, uh, and now this is my version and I've heard other versions of how this took place. Okay. So I'm, I'm prefacing it with, okay. you know,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I wasn't there, but mm-hmm. I believe this is what happened. One of the kids in the audience was blown away and came up to him after, and, and Marshall was disappointed because he came in second, Mm -hmm. and this guy said, you're amazing, I need a press kit, I work at uh, Interscope Records, and I want to help you to get this to Jimmy Iovine, and blah, 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 and he was like real excited about it, so of course they gave him a, I think it was a cassette tape at the time, and um, he took it to Jimmy Iovine, he was like an intern there, you know, in the mail room or something mm-hmm. at oh, the time, wow. this kid. But – excuse me. But um, his father had been a famous guy in the industry but died like in his early 40s, a little too many drugs and whatever. Mm. Uh, so – the son, who was only a couple years old, I think, when his father died, but that was what he wanted to do: is mm-hmm. be in the music industry. And he ends up, you know, at Interscope. So he takes it to Jimmy Iovine, and Iovine mean, listens to it and says, eh, "It's okay." And wow. <laughs> and the kid, which is what he goes by now, <laughs> the kid says, "No, you don't understand. <laughs> this guy is amazing. You have to sign him. He's amazing." And Iovine said, I I don't don't know. I I don't really hear it. But I'll tell you what. We just entered into a new joint venture with Dr. Dre for a new label called Aftermath.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: I'll let him hear it. Let's see what he says. And the rest is history.
3: history. Wow.
1: (laughs) That That is crazy. Wow. And
0: and I don't know if you realize that Marshall was the top – selling artist in the world for the 10 years from 2000 to 2010, from wow. that decade. I didn't know the, that. The Unbelievable. Right. He was as big worldwide mm-hmm, as he was mm-hmm. here. Wow. A lot of artists yeah. are big here, but they yeah. don't make mm-hmm. it right. everywhere.
4: Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that is so So
0: I never represented him. Uh, Marshall as his entertainment lawyer because right. there was a conflict of interest. I was representing the, the people that, mm-hmm. yeah. that had owned the rights at the time. But when he got in trouble in around 2000, there were some gun incidents. Right. Two, one in Macomb that. County, one in mm-hmm. Oakland County. Um, I got hired along with one of my partners who does only criminal and who's one of the top criminal lawyers in the – Midwest, if not the country, Mm -hmm. uh, the two of us represented Marshall for that. And then we ended up doing, or I ended up doing a lot of his personal work along the way. Uh, uh, for example, being a, a consultant, entertainment consultant on his divorce, uh, involved in litigation with his aunt over some real estate, um, and then I ended up uh, helping him to form the Marshall Mathers Foundation, and I still mm-hmm. represent the Marshall Mathers Foundation.
4: Wow. wow. So your experience as a juvenile defender came back it all to... Wow. It all comes, it comes full back. circle. Yeah, okay. yeah. Wow. It's wow. fascinating. Mm-hmm. I wonder, did, did the Bass Brothers ever tell you what it was that they heard that...
2: Brought them to you? Yeah, yeah. like what did yeah. they, they hear that they you didn't heard, hear?
0: There was another woman, and I'm drawing a blank on her name right now. Uh, she's also a lawyer and she was also a client of mine at one point. And her name may pop into my head. Uh, but she was a DJ as well and still is. And She was a lawyer oh, and, a and DJ. Well, I don't DJ? think she was a lawyer yet. Oh, okay. But she's. Okay. I think she's doing both still.
4: Wow. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> and she had on Marshall show. on her radio show. And one of them, I think it was Marky Heard it, and oh. called in and said, "Who was it? That? that guy? He was amazing. Who was that?" And I think it was the same night, like at two in the morning. Knock, knock, knock on their studio door, which was in their mom's basement. It was called Basement Studio, uh, and it was Marshall coming. I heard you liked me. What? What are we going to do?
4: Wow. <laughs> wow, that's so interesting. That is fascinating. So when you That's look a at story. a story like that, especially mm-hmm. now because you've worked with so many other um, very successful entertainers, well, what do you think it is? Like what's the what's the link? What's the common thread that all these successful entertainers have? Like how, how come it was Marshall and not, you know, the kid that won the contest? You know, why isn't he the most famous person in the world, rapper in the world?
0: Yeah, because
2: yeah. do we even like, know what the is kid it? that won the yeah. contest?
0: I, I, it's hard to say, obviously. But mm-hmm. I think that uh, hard work and determination in whatever you're doing is, so, is what's needed. Mm-hmm. And are you going to be the top one? Well, you know, you never know. But are you going to give it your all to try and achieve that?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: If you're not going to give it your all to try and achieve that, you're never going to yeah, get that. Then
4: mm-hmm. chance. But if you have So talent. it's not just
0: the dots connecting from the past. You've got to keep... You know, creating new dots that are getting closer and closer together.
4: Mm -hmm. I think, though, that whole quote with the connect the dots, I think part of it is too, we resist a lot of the things that come into play. Like, for example, you're, you. Agreeing to look at that publishing deal when you knew nothing about entertainment, mm-hmm. most people would turn that down and say, yeah, "I'll get say you that, an attorney." Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. I'll, I'll find know. someone right. for you. Yeah, I don't I'll know find a book you know? But you took the time. You had that curiosity. You didn't fight that, and you looked at it, and that led to all these other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hmm. Wow, it's been interesting, and and you know I've worked with. Um, So many different people and so many different projects over the years, it's sometimes hard to fathom that all of those things did come together for Mm -hmm. me in a sense. Right. And, And I know it's, you know, it's a combination of me being one of the only or few entertainment lawyers in Detroit where this is one of the best. Music cities in the world.
4: Mm-hmm. I, agree. I, yes, I disagree
0: is. with the top ten in the USA. I mean, we're yeah. we're way more than that. <laughs> I think so. Okay, and and it's interesting that people around the world appreciate it more than Detroiters, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I didn't right. know that until I started going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been now twenty years. I've been to the international music festival uh, in. Cannes in the mm-hmm. south of France. Mm-hmm. Oh, Everyone wow. knows about the Cannes Film Festival, right. Well, there's a music festival cool. as well. And it's more business to business, making deals, different territories uh, around the world and networking. And the first year I went there, I mean, there was, at the time it was a bigger event than it was. There were like 9,000 people from the music industry there. Wow. And, you know, it was overwhelming.
3: hmm mm-hmm and
0: when i would say to someone i'm from detroit i wasn't sure what type of reaction i was going to get right. because you know we've been known also as a dangerous right uh, murder capital whatever mm-hmm. and Every time I would say Detroit, they'd say, oh, my God, you're from Detroit. And it was like, you know, we're not worthy. (laughs) And then they'd want to hear stories about George Clinton or about this artist or about that artist and, you know, what's Detroit like Mm -hmm. and how can Detroit have so much amazing music coming out of Mm -hmm. one place. And then there's a a little street in Cannes, uh, like Old Town, kind of you go up a hill uh, and the, there's no driving on it. It's just mm-hmm. a cobblestone street with restaurants on each side. It's lovely. But there used to be a record store there, a vinyl oh, record cool. store there. The first year I went there, it was there. So I went in to check it out. And I would say 25% of the records, it turned out it was mostly for DJs, mm-hmm. and 25% of the records were Detroit techno. Wow. Really? And I had no Whoa. idea. I knew about techno, but mm-hmm. I had no idea it was that big. Wow. wow. And that's all they were talking about. And they had like a dozen T-shirts on the rack, and, and four of them were from Detroit
1: mm-hmm. wow. DJs, techno DJs.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So as I learned more about the rest of the world appreciating Detroit music more than Detroiters realize what Mm -hmm. we have. I came to believe and still believe today that we've had more major artists come out of Detroit than any city in the world. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's not to say that, you know, L.A. and New York or even Nashville now, the numbers might be bigger, but it's mostly people coming from other places to get there to get signed. They're already a star of some mm-hmm. stature in their hometown or whatever. Right. But right. to get signed, they've moved to New York or moved mm-hmm. to L.A. But I'm right. talking about people homegrown that you're that either homegrown yeah. or been here many, many yeah. years and, yeah. and right. you know, yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. fortune records even before Motown had massive hits. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. Mm-hmm. And that was a Detroit little uh, studio either on second or third
4: mm-hmm.
0: uh downtown in the cast corridor.
4: So is that why you stayed in Detroit to practice entertainment law not move to uh, LA? You know, or LA or or Nashville? Or? Yeah,
0: it it was a combination of things. It was um, my wife was real close to her parents mm-hmm. and It was about family and friends and connections. And I felt I was already making the connections in Detroit, where instead of being a small fish in a big pond in LA or New York, I could be a big fish in a small pond Mm -hmm. here. Right. And that even though maybe I don't make as much money as I would, I felt that, you know, the cost of living is good here. Mm -hmm. We have beautiful areas that you can live in. Uh Detroit. I, I always wished for it. But it's coming back downtown.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Right. Downtown, it really midtown, new right. center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: so I just you know, we're happy here and we travel a lot.
4: Yeah. Is she adventurous like you?
0: Not in the same way, but but I pull her along and then <laughs> get her out of there. Then she, then does she has fun. by <laughs> Yeah, I mean she doesn't like. I go on these scuba diving trips. She doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a scuba diver, mm-hmm. so like last month I was in the Sea of Cortez in Mexico uh, with my brother on a liveaboard for a week where we dive four times a day. Wow! wow. And so she doesn't go for something like that. Yeah. But but next month every December. We go for a couple weeks to a resort, usually in the Caribbean, where she can hang out in the morning and read her book on the beach mm, and, yeah. and do a yoga class mm-hmm. or whatever and enjoy it. And I go out in the morning and do a couple dives. I'm back by lunch, and then we're together the rest of the day. Oh, so so cool. we managed to yeah. make it work that way.
1: Wow. And what does she think being you know your partner for this many years um, everything that's gone on? And does she have opinions about your clients and – And things like that.
0: She is just um, pleased, although that's an understatement, Mm -hmm. that I was able to find my passion Mm -hmm. and be successful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, um, it took a long time. I mean, even, you know, when I was starting to work with George Clinton and the romantics. I was still doing other things. I think until around 85 or even maybe 1990, I was still doing other things to fill in, make sure that I was always busy. But she loves that uh, I found something that I am excited about doing.
1: Yeah. I want to have her on the show. <laughs> I do too.
0: Yeah, see what she says about it. Right? We have the real story.
1: Can't stand this guy. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> How –
4: how did you and Wendy, um, and I'm assuming you did, instill uh, that type of mindset that you have, a, a courageous, um, adventurous spirit, embracing uncertainty? Because it sounds like every point in your life you did that. It, things were never certain. You just kind of went with it and then made it work, like just representing, a, pretending like you're a lawyer and, and just doing stuff like that. Yeah. How, yeah. how? That's a mindset to to be able to do those things like how did you get the confidence to
0: i don't know i i think again it was it, it just i think cast tech opened my mind a lot in terms mm-hmm. of uh it was such a diverse community there um you know, rich, poor, black, white, Asian, it didn't matter. And I learned to, I don't know, be comfortable in my own skin. And, you know, at one point, a couple of my friends and I, as I recall it, and I don't, You know, I remember all the details from high school. A couple things have happened since then. But we ended up joining a black fraternity because some of our friends were in it. And they said, yeah, come on. And we would go to their parties and Mm -hmm. do, you know, all the Motown dances. And Mm -hmm. and we had a great time with them. And then, you know, there there were just so many different ways that um, I felt, I don't know if included is really the right word, but part – part of a lot of different things going on and i was always and i got to think i can i can decide what it is i'm going to do and and when undergrad it took me three uh majors to decide Mm
3: -hmm. you
0: know on which one i was going to stick with um and then with you know law school i had already decided I was going to go to the juvenile defense. I thought I was at the when I was in law school, I thought that's what I was going to do the rest of my life until I realized it was a you know it was too confining for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was one of the uh administrators at juvenile court. About once a month he'd pull me in his office and say, What are you still doing here?
2: <laughs>
3: really? I said, what
0: do you mean? I, I thought I was doing a good job. He said, you are, but there's bigger things for you. Wow,
2: wow. really? See, see now that you was your teacher first at Cass and then He's telling you the same thing. Yeah. So wow. you have these so people along the way telling you that. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's incredible. So he was he
0: was quite a character, though. <laughs> Saul Siegel. And
4: how did you uh, teach your kids? How did you raise your kids or dev- help cultivate that spirit we, and confidence? And-
0: we taught them, you know, unlike, like Wendy is very artistic. And uh, I'll show you later when we're done. Well, I a, saw the painting. painting. Oh, she yeah, did the painting that she did that of was me. Beautiful. Right,
4: beautiful.
0: She was artistic in high school, and when she was starting to look at college and what to do, her father said, "Oh no, art's a hobby. Mm. Well, You'll mm. go to school and become a teacher or something where you can earn a living. Art's a hobby. You can always have that as a hobby." And she listened to him mm-hmm. and she became a teacher and, and it was good. It was a great career and she did it for 30 years and now she's back to her art, mm-hmm. and she, which she didn't do for the 35 years. Wow, wow really? She did not do it. She had oh. the best bulletin boards in the school, but <laughs> she did not do her art. And then she decided to go back to it and it came naturally wow. and, and she's get every painting she does is better. But now she looks back and says, well... It, he wasn't wrong. Now I'm a painter with a pension.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. she does get paid. <laughs> right, 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 right. But what
2: about we, with your
3: But
0: we kids? always told the kids to find something that they could have a passion for, mm-hmm. but that it meant working hard, going to college, mm-hmm. going to grad school probably. You know, don't think that there are easy paths, but find something. And, and we always encourage that. Mm-hmm.
3: Hmm.
4: So, what if they would have said, "Well, I don't want to go to college. I want to be a musician."
0: Well, it came close to that a couple of times. So, did yeah, it? Mm-hmm. no. What
4: it, kind of advice did you give?
0: That maybe, like my Wendy's father, <laughs> that they should have something to fall back on, okay. at least to have a degree. Okay. But we always encourage. They were never mm-hmm. really. Seriously, Mm -hmm. I don't think, thinking of not getting through undergrad. And then uh, my older son, Ryan, uh, he graduated from Indiana in ethnomusicology. What is Mm. that? Which is the study of world music through culture.
4: Wow. That's fascinating.
0: And and which is not – there aren't a lot of jobs around in that field. But fortunately, one of my clients (laughs) – was writing a book about a client of mine who died 30 years ago, Sippy Wallace, who was a famous blues singer. Mm -hmm. And I ran into him at an Indian restaurant one night. He said, when's Ryan finishing school already? I said, actually, he's in his last semester right now. He said, well, I might want to hire him to help me with this book. Oh, wow. So he ended up working for Ron, uh, I think, for two years and then decided that writing a book and researching a book about a famous but deceased blues singer Mm -hmm. wasn't helping him to change the
4: world. Oh, wow.
0: So he decided to go back to school and get a master's in social work. And now uh, he's the CEO, president of South Oakland Shelter, the homeless shelter organization, doing amazing things.
4: Wow. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. A, yeah. That
4: is amazing. So, yeah. Wow. So, now what do you do as an entertainment attorney? Um, like can how do you decide who you're going to work with?
0: Um, I check their bank balance.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, then you no, probably no, have no, a small no, small do, group. That. I don't do that.
0: No, I um it depends what it is. If it's to negotiate a contract and they can afford to pay me, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter to me what genre of music, what whether they're good or not good. If they have a contract that they're being offered or, or need to offer someone and need to draft and negotiate, then right. we'll do that. And I have Joe Belanca, who I know yes. has been on the show, mm-hmm. uh, works with me. And it's only if they're looking for me to network on their behalf. Do you do that? which i do some of okay and in those instances i want to learn more about the excuse me about the music and about the artist and whether i think that they have what it takes you never know but whether right. they're of well, sufficient quality for? just in that genre that the quality is up to par with whatever else is going on in that genre at mm-hmm. the time okay it can be different different is good right but it's got to be the right, the quality. That's what I look for because I have, having been in the business over 40 years now, I have connections in the industry that are, uh, presidents of A&R at the major record labels or, uh, CEOs of major record labels or, you know, people that if they like what I send them could make something happen. Right. And, uh, if I send them stuff, too often or stuff that isn't that good, whether they take it or not, they're going to quit listening.
4: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'll only send it to them if I believe that it, it it can work. Now the hard part nowadays though is that they're all looking for the artist that's already got a huge right. buzz. Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Is it a huge buzz or, or is it just numbers?
0: Well, that's part of the numbers. Are the
4: well, sometimes one of the, the ways buzz. of judging the buzz, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what they're looking for because when the downturn in the industry came, and they found they were just spending too much money on new artists that weren't making it, they've mm-hmm. decided they had to figure out how to be a little more certain. You're never certain, but a little more certain that this is an artist that if they promote them, that they'll be able to bring a profit to the company Mm -hmm. and and grow. grow. Mm -hmm. So that's the hard part. And, and, you know, a lot of clients that I think are great, but, you know, I'll say, well, let's look on your Facebook page and, you know, and they've got, you know, like 400 Mm friends or, you know, let's look at your Instagram and they've Mm -hmm. got, you know, like 500 people that follow them. I said, you got to get out there Mm -hmm, and you've mm got to build a following Mm because you have to have fans. What the record companies, if that's where you want to go, because you can do it on your own too. The trouble is you have to have money to spend in order to promote yourself. The record labels have the money if they believe in you. So, you know, what I tell people is is you've got to build it up because the record label, for example, the number they used to tell me and I haven't talked to them about the specific aspects of it. But they used to say, if the artist can sell in their own region 50,000 albums, then we'll get interested because we can take it over a million.
2: Wow.
4: Mm.
0: And I would say, if they were selling 50,000, right. we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. do it on our own. Right. Right. Because they make That's a lot I'm more money right. per album. Like, yeah. 50,000. <laughs> right. But yeah, 50,000. <laughs> really? Or, or in the hip-hop world especially, if they – are opening and are friends with bigger acts in hip-hop and part of their posse Mm -hmm. but not signed, then they're interested because they would hope that by having that affiliation, they'll be able to get them out on tour with the bigger act. Right,
4: right. Wow.
0: Uh, So that's another measure that they look Mm -hmm. to.
4: So the three breakout bands that I think of are groups from – Detroit, or actually, you know, the, the suburbs in the last couple of years are Greta Van Fleet,
3: mm-hmm.
4: N.F., and who's the other one? Bazzi? Who, who was the second one? N.F. The not, ra- he's a rapper. Oh, for not
0: familiar?
1: No. No. no uh, not. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> N.F. What does yeah, he, he go by? Yeah, that's what he goes by. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, okay. I don't yeah. Know he's it. from uh,
4: Gladwin, Michigan. Okay. He yeah. sold out the Fillmore. He's he was yeah. on tour with Logic. Oh, um, okay. oh yeah, no, he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I
1: yeah,
4: I'm,
0: and maybe really we good. represent him. I'll have to ask <laughs> Joe. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I would think you would know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh yeah, not maybe. Oh yeah, you're Sometimes right. Joe's Maybe Joe knows in some about some him. Yeah, but so there's NF in Gladwin, Michigan. Right. And is it Bozzy? Bozzy, yeah. Bozzy out of Southfield.
1: Yeah, right. Or like Dearborn area. Dearborn.
4: It seems like all three of them took different paths. Like, did Greta Van Fleet have a lot of numbers? Because I heard that it was their, you know, their live shows, but not necessarily if you looked at their pages, their stats. They they didn't really have high numbers.
0: You know, I don't know about their numbers, but um, we had them perform at a couple Detroit Music Awards uh, showcases. Right. And they were electric. I mean, you you know— it it was Led Zeppelin right. all over again, right. mm-hmm. yeah. which some people will criticize them for. I'm right. sure you've heard right. that. Yeah, I've heard that. But I thought it was great, and yeah. they were great. And then the label they ended up with, the owner and president of the label is the same guy who uh, helped Kid Rock become well-known. Okay, And the producer is the same producer mm. okay. that worked with Kid Rock and then started mm-hmm. working with them so he was able to
4: connect
0: make the connection oh, and okay. he fell in love with it uh-huh. and and they did they did get a lot of publicity i think it was on their own ep that they put out before they were on the label okay it, you know not huge numbers mm-hmm. but a lot of talk a lot mm-hmm. of critics were right singing their praises i don't know if you know or follow bob lepsits Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he couldn't believe.
4: Yeah. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. How great they were. Right. Greta Van Fleet. Right. So, you know, you get enough yeah. of that going, and then people even, you know, get the the critics, you know, giving them two out of 10. Oh, I know. And, but that gets people's attention. Why is this so mm-hmm. bad that they'd only get a two? Right. Let me listen to it.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, I read um, actually what their publicist, uh, Or or think it was their manager, publicist, Publicist, that said something like, "Um, "I can go home now. They just did my job for me because any any uh, critiquing is good, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. I mean, helps. Uh, And then
1: Bazzi. Now, Mm -hmm. how did he break? He was the one that the Snapchat filter was like his thing, and then they kind of went overboard after that.
4: And now he's on tour with uh, Camila
1: Cabello. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With who? Camila Cabello.
4: What's what song? What's her big song?
1: She's got, um, well, her big one was Probably. the Havana. Havana. Was like oh, yeah. Oh, out. yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah. And then NF. But he, yeah. now NF is a little bit different because, well, he sounds just like Eminem, though.
1: Yeah, his and, voice Yeah, does, he yeah, Sounds, sounds, just, like
4: sounds just like Eminem. I'll we'll have to check um, him out. But he's a Christian artist, mm-hmm. rap artist. Okay. Like, he doesn't swear. He doesn't drink. Um... Oh, what else? Well, I think there say. are a few
0: Christians who drink, so I'm not sure that. Well, no, that he doesn't. Category. He, he, yeah. No, no, no. no I saying. understand that. Oh, no, 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 no. If
4: you drink, you're not a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <screwed>. only <laughs> made water and wine, but it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm saying that's his whole like thing, right? You know. So it just seems like it's it's hard to figure out what the blueprint is because
1: it's everyone's it's, so, different. It's so different.
4: The,
0: yeah, yeah. Every, it's a different path with everyone. Right. When when Eminem blew up. Those of us in the what we call the Eminem family, yeah, we all looked at each other and said, Who'd a thunk
4: really? A white
0: rapper from Detroit would Mm -hmm. become the biggest artist in the world,
4: Mm -hmm. right?
0: You never know. The Bass Brothers, you never know. (laughs) I (laughs) guess they did. Well, they (laughs) did fantastic work with him, yeah, and and he's amazing. Wow, Marshall's amazing.
4: So, who are you working with now? Can you tell us? Um, not.
0: You know, right now I'm involved in a a new litigation that has been absorbed where, um, Sir Mac Rice, who wrote over 400 songs and was the writer and singer of the original version of uh, Mustang Sally, um, his, all of his rights were purchased by a company out in California, uh, that, from what I can tell, uh, paid him less than the amount of royalties he was earning per year wow. for the rights. Wow! And at the time, he had Alzheimer's and probably couldn't or couldn't have understood what was going right. on. Wow. And his short-term wife, who had been his manager and agent for years before marrying him, uh, made the deal, from what we understand.
4: Mm-hmm. Wow!
0: And so we brought, we filed suit. Um, what's today? Wednesday. We filed suit on Monday, I think wow. it was. Oh, wow! Monday or even yesterday morning. I can't remember that. How better. long Recently. does a suit
4: like that? Take well, it depends. To- it, you know, yeah. it
0: depends anywhere from a month to mm-hmm. settle. Mm-hmm. If sometimes right. there are quick settlements. Two, three, or four years. Oh wow! Uh, maybe more if it goes up on appeal.
4: Wow! Wow! So
0: right now, that's my thought process is around <laughs> yeah. your blowing to, up. I yeah. trying I, I, to help, <laughs> try to help the family, the, yeah. the estate mm-hmm. uh, get those. W- what we're trying to do is, uh, as it should be, to clear the contract void because mm-hmm. he didn't have the capacity to, right. to enter into it.
4: Yeah. Wow. What's the biggest mistake? artists make?
0: Well, the biggest mistake new artists make is signing agreements that they don't know what it right. says without a lawyer okay. that knows mm-hmm. the business. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the biggest mistake. Because, you know, especially back in the 60s and 70s, um, yeah,
3: especially with the African-American artists yeah. mm-hmm. that were
0: signed to various labels, that mm-hmm. the numbers that they were being given were so small.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the percentages, and then some of them, you know, never got paid anyway. Mm-hmm. There's a case, uh, I also teach law school uh, sometimes, entertainment law, and there's a case that I hadn't heard about before, but the Kingsmen were a big group in the 60s, yeah. and they had a big song called Louie Louie, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah.
0: Forty years later, they realized they had never gotten royalties for it.
1: Wow.
4: 40 wow, years forty years wow. later.
0: So as I put it, when they finally got off the drugs and drinking, they said, wait a minute, that was our big we never got, we got paid.
3: Yeah. Wow. wow.
0: So they sued to get the rights back and were successful because really because they if they had been paid or underpaid,
3: mm-hmm.
0: then they might not have been able to get the reversion, but what the court said is since they were never paid, never. there was no consideration given.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The the guy didn't follow the contract. There was no consideration, and therefore they should get the rights back. How,
4: how did they do that 40, 40 years later? Though, where's the paper trail? I mean, it's
0: hard. I, I just last year had two cases, both of which were forty years old.
4: Wow! Mm. So there's no statute of limitation like you it can depends. go back.
0: It depends. Mm. There's been a recent case in the film industry saying that if it's continuing to be sold and you have a legitimate claim, what the statute of limitations might do is it might still allow you to sue but only go back three years, let's Mm -hmm. say, which is a statute of limitations for Mm -hmm. copyright or at most six years, which is a statute of limitations for contracts. So – It depends. Well, but it's hard to get all the paperwork. Oh,
3: I can't even imagine,
0: and memories,
4: especially with musicians. And memories, I was gonna think? say and <laughs> memories, yeah. memories, yeah, and well, and
1: with musicians, hey, now, <laughs> just
2: say not you,
4: Rocky. Yeah, okay, I'm probably okay. the
1: worst. <laughs> yeah, it's not you. Um, all right, well, I think we are coming up on our time here. Oh, we okay, are. So yes.
0: Any final?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you kidding? We I'm have sure four there's pages. A lot here. of stuff
0: yeah. I need yeah, to talk have, about. Like
4: we have three more hours. I told you you didn't
0: have to ask questions. I can just talk. I
4: know. I know, but
3: I had to. That's what my elementary
0: ways. school teachers said too. They used to move me to the front of the room, right in front of them, so because if I was in the back, I was just yap yap yap.
3: <laughs>
4: Do you consider yourself a thrill seeker at all?
0: In a sense, yeah. In a sense, mm-hmm. I mean, motorcycle trips yeah. and right. scuba diving, yeah. But Do you bungee jump, but I no, no, no <laughs> desire. Yeah, and and I have I had a desire. I always wanted to. A parachute out of a plane. I was but, just going to ask you that. But <laughs> you know, it's that. not like it's a dying desire. Yeah. I'm probably never going to do that. So,
2: so you don't actually have like a, a bucket list or st- stuff that you haven't done already that you want you want to do. Well,
0: there are a lot of countries and places. Around okay, the world. The track, I yeah. want to eventually, but I don't know if I'll be able to catch up.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: have been in the number of countries of my age.
3: Oh wow. wow.
2: wow.
0: So I'm about fifteen behind right now. Oh,
2: okay,
4: wow.
0: So I've been to over fifty countries.
4: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: But we keep going back to places we like. Yeah. You like, yeah, you know, right, right. So right. that makes it yeah. hard to, you know, yeah, just yeah. keep tacking them on. But, but I do have a lot of places on. We're mm-hmm. going next year uh, to China and Tibet.
2: And you oh, haven't been cool. there. Oh, wow. I haven't
0: been there yet. Wow. Been to to Hong Kong. Uh, and Macau, which are part of China, mm-hmm. but at the time we were doing that trip uh to Asia, uh China didn't allow tourist visas,
2: oh okay, which
0: they now allow, mm-hmm. so we decided instead to do a tour all through with, Asia with everything and the South that's Pacific. going
2: on right now, do you ever get nervous about traveling or a little sometimes? bit,
0: but you know we try to avoid yeah. Like, you know, we, before we go on a trip, we'll go on the State Department Duke, website yeah. and see what all the warnings are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if the warning is, you know, stay away from major crowds, mm-hmm. you know, where there's a rally going on or something, we can do that. We mm-hmm. can stay away from those crowds. Right. If it's, don't go there because if you're walking down the street, you're going to get mugged or
4: kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And then we think about right. it. Yeah. You think about it. Right. A
1: little. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh,
4: what, what's the best advice you, somebody gave you? I,
0: I really don't know. I I think my best advice that I think I did follow is follow your passion. Yeah. You know, I don't remember if someone ever – Okay, specifically said that to me. Maybe mm-hmm. those two professors in psychology, because they said here you can here's a way you can combine working right. with kids and mm-hmm. being a lawyer.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But it was, but that's a thing. You have to have something, and there are a lot of you know. It doesn't have to be the one thing that you think the most about necessarily, because maybe you really aren't good enough to do that, mm-hmm. or maybe that's unrealistic. But there should be something you can find. That you can have a passion for and that right. you can teach, your, not teach yourself, but learn enough to be the best. Right. Because all you can do is be the best you can.
4: Exactly. Right. Just one last one because I know we have to wrap it up here. Oh, gosh. We're way over. I know. I told like, you. Sorry. <laughs> I got carried away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we know you would. <laughs> if you could... Be any musician for just one day from past or present, who would you want to be? Just one day.
0: Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, it might be Mick Jagger.
3: Oh, Ooh, really?
4: Why?
0: Well, I have a Mick Jagger story, but we won't go into that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but what, coming up, I mean, I love the Beatles. They To me, they were the best. Mm-hmm. But there was something about the Rolling Stones and, and Mick Jagger being a little more edgy. Mm-hmm. And I picture myself a little bit more that way in terms of even in my singing. So my favorite go-to song is actually a song by the Animals, which mm. that's what, in my karaoke
3: world. Ah. Uh,
0: so it's, you know, I don't know. I think that for him to be, you know, he's not that much older than me, but in, in his mid-70s and right. I went and saw him, what was it, a year and a half ago at uh, Comerica Park and this guy has more energy mm. wow, and and still has the chops yeah. and, and can really just Deliver.
4: Yeah. Well, that's what all right. I, I like mm-hmm. to deliver. That's great.
2: <laughs> he likes to deliver. Well, okay. thank
4: you so much for taking up more time than you were supposed <laughs> to. I'm sorry. I know it's your leisure. phone. You had to turn it upside down. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to finish with this, Rocky? Yes. We have one little tradition yeah. here. Tradition, oh. We
1: toss the cookies in whatever way the prongs. Uh, we toss our cookies. I have and to whatever. toss my cookies? Yeah. No, we're going to toss we're gonna them toss Oh, okay. We're going to toss <laughs> these and then whatever way the prongs face its fortune was meant for you. So...
3: Wow.
4: Because we believe in fate and all that stuff. All yeah. right. Wow.
0: Wow. Um, do we each do one of these then? Oh, okay. yeah. yeah.
4: This is how we plan our day and our future. Yep.
1: <laughs> no, that one's ours. That one's Jess's. Yeah, yeah. sure. Oh, no, okay. wait, was it? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, no, no. Okay,
0: and, and what order do we read these? You go in? ahead.
1: You go first.
4: You're the guest. Now, you know the how tradition
0: you? when you read a fortune cookie.
4: Wow. Well, there are several traditions that after
0: after you say what's on it, the two words in bed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you get it.
4: that from our show? Uh, yeah. No. Oh, no. yes. A
0: long trip, long time oh. tradition.
4: Oh. oh, okay. So that's did how we're you know do- that? Uh, go ahead. <laughs> go oh, ahead, I'm Tom. first. Yeah, okay. you're first.
0: You will enjoy good health. That is your form of wealth. Mm. In bed.
1: Mine says, good news will be brought to you by mail. In bed. That's not good, right? <laughs>
4: That's, <not good>, <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we want to hear. That means the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
1: Whoa, laughs> go ahead, no. Jess. Uh, you won't be bored for long. New adventures are on their way. In bed. Ooh, oh, yeah. boy. Okay. Okay. sounds freaky.
4: Oh, geez. You're going to have a pleasant experience in bed.
2: (laughs) You will find great fortune in unexpected places in bed. Mm. All
4: right. Howard Hertz, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, We look forward to having you back on. It was a pleasure. (laughs) Uh, It was so much fun. and. Inspirational. Love the story. Very. And, um, I stories. but well, we're is,
0: way over because I talk too much. No,
4: because we went. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to keep going, actually. Yeah. But this is such a to me. It's it's a great story about you know embracing uncertainty and you know you never know what mm. one thing could lead, lead to. to. Like other, don't yeah. dismiss any encounter because yeah. you don't know. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen. That's
0: so thank true. you, thank true. you. Yeah, Take advantage thank you for inspiring. of inspiring all
4: opportunities. Right,
2: right. Thank you. And remember, sometimes the only mode of transportation available
4: is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith and happy hump day. Happy hump day. And we're going to close the show with a song that we know you like, which is by the Beatles. What is it?
1: All you need is love. All you need is love. (laughs)
4: That's all you need. (laughs) That's all you need. We need a lot of it in the world today.